Welcome back to Meditate with Samara. Today, I am so excited to bring to you a very special guest in my heart and a very special person in my life. He is my father, Toto Nugroho Pranatiasto. And today, we are going to talk about the benefits of mindful breathing. And a little bit about him, um, just to introduce to you who he is. He has been working professionally in the oil and gas industry in Indonesia for 23 years. Wow. Um, with Pertamina. Um, but now he is currently with Indonesia's Investment Board, or also known as BKPM, as the Energy Investment Committee. And welcoming to this podcast, my very special father. Hi, Papa. Welcome. Hello, my lovely daughter. Nice <laughs> to meet you all. I'm so happy that um, you're willing to talk about your experiences with mindful breathing and share with the listeners today about that. So thank you so much for your time. Sure, anything for my lovely daughter. Oh, that's so sweet. Maybe we would start with understanding how important is mindful breathing for you? Mindful breathing. Okay, uh, as you know, working professionally in the oil and gas industries uh, is putting out stress uh, both on your physical side and also your mental side. And this has always been the case in my career since the early beginning, uh, since working in the refinery, up into management, up into several of my directorship. Uh, it's always been uh, a problem that we have to face uh, to maintain that balance between uh, your physical self and then your well-being in your mental side also. Uh, and always helps me uh, really to have these breathing techniques, especially when we are facing a lot of uh, challenges in the, uh, in the schedule, in the uh, working load, uh, and the complexity of, of doing the job. So. Uh, it's been important for me to balance uh, my daily uh, routine that I do have to need some kind of breathing exercise usually early in the day before I go to work. And it helps me a lot in dealing with all these stresses. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I can't imagine the many stress that is induced based on the work and the decisions that you have to make in a more calm state. And does these breathing exercise, even though you do it in the morning, does this help you clear your mind when you make these decisions at work? Yes. Uh, so once I've done my, using my uh, routine exercises that I run early in the morning, uh, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, and I do some light exercise in breathing. Uh, usually after lunch, I do a little bit of breathing exercise and it really helps me in putting back the energy but again, the stresses that comes usually uh, during the early mornings or early afternoons. Mm -hmm. And during the times, this is uh, uh, I, uh, before I really make uh, an important decision, I remember that uh, I really need to remember that I need to do my breathing exercise. One of the factors that is uh, affecting this is that because breathing actually calms your mind. So by making this kind of exercise, then you can make the right decisions with the right the right balance in your brain. So you do not make crash decision. You do not make decision based on 
prejudice or feelings and always very easy uh, usually when you are going into this kind of stress it's very actually it's a, a well-known uh, probably to everybody that you take a really deep breath exhale slowly but i'm sure if you do uh, more of the techniques that is uh, given in the breathing exercise uh, i can I, i can imagine it will really help you much more yeah thank you for also pointing out how it affects our brain like how breathing will affect our nervous system and i'd love to go into that more detail later but i am very curious to know the routine that you do in the mornings and also the afternoons because you have mentioned it a few times now can you share with us what do you do for your breathing techniques i did this probably uh, first mm, 10 years ago right so always been uh, compulsory to do my running exercise in the morning Uh, but after that, I do what we call it, uh, here in Indonesia is the Satriya Nusantara breathing exercise. Mm. And this involves actually to have almost like a pattern of breathing where you breathe in and then you hold for a certain amount of time uh, in your stomach. And then you release it uh, with your uh, nose uh, and release it throughout. And you have to be in more like a stupa position, right? A sitting. And yeah. then... We do this maybe 10 or 15 repetition. Mm. And after that, uh, actually, you can feel you will be sweating. Uh, and then um, it clears your uh, nasal passages uh, and it clears your mind. So that's the uh, how I did it in the first 10 years. Now I'm learning the Wim Hof method which I learned from the internet, uh, it's very similar because there is a certain uh, breathing pattern, holding your breath, and then uh, releasing the, the exhale. Uh, what is interesting with Wim Hof is that there is a numerous study uh, in the Wim Hof uh, method has been studied by uh, many universities and an institution that says that the breathing techniques really give some input to the brain and actually you can get at the at certain level kind of rewire your brain so that they can really be an advantage for you physically so we can talk a little about what Wim Hof but that's basically if you ask a, to, to answer your question I've done the Indonesian Saturno Santara breathing techniques but now I'm, I'm learning the Wim Hof uh, technique but uh, basically I think there is similarities Yeah. Between both techniques that uh, actually will be probably uh, similar to other breathing techniques, probably in yoga or, or any other part of the world. Yeah, I think there are so many breathing techniques. And thank you for sharing your routine. Um, I'd like to understand, actually, if there is a, a specific benefit that you felt in, in comparison to doing the Satriya Nusantara breathing and the Wim Hof. Is there a particular moment or experience that you would choose one over the other or is it just because now you're learning something new i have not really uh, reached that uh, point in wim hof to really compare but in satriya nusantara what i can really uh, see the benefit is that if i know there is a symptom of flu coming in mm. uh, maybe a little bit of, of temperature Uh, runny nose, 
then if I can do uh, concentrated the Saturnusanta exercises uh, for at least 30 minutes or so. Uh, and after that, usually clears up the, 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 the throat, clears up the nostrils and all that. So it helps me prevent from um, uh, getting cold symptoms. Uh, Wim Hof, I just started to learn this, so I cannot really compare. But at the end of the day, uh, I think it will be almost the same, but uh, even more so with the Wim Hof, because uh, as you know, from the studies that's been done from the Wim Hof method, uh, it can really uh, affect your brain, your hormone systems, your immune systems. So I really, I'm really going to see what's the benefit from Wim Hof uh, probably in the several months ahead. Mm. But to compare directly, cannot yet uh, really differentiate the, the benefits, but Potentially, the Wim Hof will have more benefit because it's it's currently being studied uh, scientifically by institutions. So I'm quite excited to 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 see what's the what's the uh, benefits of Wim Hof. That's honestly very inspiring. I have not tried both um, breathing techniques, but I would really like to try and explore with that. Maybe I would also give a link for the Satyanusantara. Um, resources in the description and also about the Wim Hof method because I have been looking into it since you've told me that you're trying the Wim Hof method and I'm trying to figure out what it does and um, the website says that you not only learn how to breathe you also have cold therapy and you have a lot of commitment from from doing that so I find it very exciting to try because there's a lot of rave a lot of people saying that the Wim Hof um, method can allow them to be in the cold state and just with shorts and then run and just be really healthy yeah. and that's a really inspiring thing to do because you know right now a lot of us are in a more lethargic state especially with quarantine we are quite complacent with being indoors at home and this type of breathing and also um, physical exercise are important to remember thank you for sharing and I would like to understand as well, when you do these breathing exercise, would you say it's something related to the concept of mindfulness? Uh, I think very much so, because uh, I think my personal definition of uh, mindfulness is that there's always uh, a good balance between the well-being of your mind and the well-being of your physical, right? So, uh, in, in a sense, uh, for your physical uh, kind of part of your, your, your body, there are exercises such as yoga, sports, and all that. But then uh, it has to be in balance with your mental side. And this is, uh, I think, throughout the, the world has been recognized since ancient times. Uh, the Chinese always have the yin-yang, right? Uh, the Japanese culture is uh, very, very... Um, deeply uh, rooted in the balance concept uh, between uh, of all the universe. So uh, everything in the universe, uh, according to the Javanese ancient culture, is something which is we need to be uh, balanced with everything. So uh, there's, that's why the Javanese people are probably the most uh, stable in terms of emotional, because they're, from the very beginning, it was always stated by our ancestors that we need to be balanced in all things we cannot do and uh, we cannot be really too happy 
or two set. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, uh, of course, uh, it relates very much the breathing techniques and the wellness, mindfulness, because I think it is inseparable between what we have in our physical and our mental state. So uh, that's that's my view on it. Yeah. I love that you also pointed out um, the philosophy of balance from the Japanese culture. I think it's very important to remember that everything should not go as the extremes and one should balance one another. And I think that's a constant universal truth that is in everything. And it's good to be reminded of that for sure. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Can you explain what the Wim Hof method is like? Just for people who don't know, I also don't know very clearly. What what do you do when you do the Wim Hof breathing method? Uh, I, I think this is a combination that the, like I said, the beginner part of, of Wim Hof is really to do inhaling of your uh, oxygen in a fast way and then exhale it also in a fast way. You do that probably 30 uh, repetitions and you do the, uh, the breath hold the breath hold for, let's say, for the first pass is one minute, right? And then uh, during that time, you are really, uh, during, the, during the holding phase, you really need to feel your body, meaning that you feel your flow of energy, your flow of blood, uh, also your, uh, your heartbeat, and try to slow that down. And uh, you, you will always feel the tingles, right? Is, uh, part of your body and then you hold that for one minute and then you exhale uh, then you do, you do that repetition but then you your breath hold will be longer and longer so i can only do two and uh three three repetition and two and two and a half minutes of breath holds now but certain people can do six seven or eight when they train so my max out currently at uh, two and a half minutes of breath holds and this is like a, a, a continuing process where you can you always need to learn to practice. And then once you practice more, you can hold your uh, uh, breath longer. And what is good about this, I do, when I do the exercise, I have my oximeters. So oximeters is uh, oxygen meters that you can put on your fingers and it monitors your, your oxygen level. And it really shows that uh, during the holding phase, actually you deprive your body from oxygen in a such a state where uh, uh, it is going into your brain system, uh, your old brain system of, of, of uh, really uh, flight or fight, yeah. uh, wanting to get the more breath. But then there is uh, when you intervene and try to prolong and your oxygen matter will go down rapidly. But then when you really exercise, uh, recover from the exercise, you actually have a higher oxygen level on your blood, which is very good for actually everything, immune system, for your uh, well-being, wellness, uh, your uh, physical stamina. And all that. So thank you so much for what you said and what resonated so much from what you have mentioned about how the breathing affects our brain or specifically our amygdala is what I've learned from my masters is that our amygdala is a place in our brain from the primal evolutionary perspective that scans for threats and will tell the rest of our brain and our body that we are in a threatening dangerous situation that we will have to either 
you know, freeze and save for our life or, or fly for our life. And with breathing, it actually is telling our body that it's a safe space. Because of course, when you are in a non-threatening scenario, you are not able to breathe in a long period of time. And I think what's interesting is when we just pause for a moment and being able to like exhale out with our mouth or being able to breathe deeply, especially in stressful moments, we are able to better regulate our emotions and regulate our bodily systems. And it's so interesting that you said that. Um, I actually wanted to touch on how breathing affects our mind and our brain. Do you have any opinions on that? Okay. Uh, there are, of course, studies, scientific studies on how the breathing affects uh, our mind. You can, you can search on the internet. There's so many resources. But uh, I'll take, uh, I have my own experience and what, what really uh, more what you feel, right? So breathing exercise, let's say for myself, the Saturn, uh, the Saturn is breathing exercise. So uh, what I can feel is that uh, after the, the morning exercises, um, usually we have, we have two actually, I need to, to explain. There is the morning exercise, but then there is the weekly two hours breathing exercise, which is uh, much more concentrated. Now, especially during the uh, weekly two hours concentrated uh, breathing exercise, uh, I can really feel that the, uh, again, the, the breathing exercise really affects your brain towards that bringing more calmness, uh, bringing more stability and even problems that was there during the week. Um, after the exercise, uh, it's cleared up, and then I have a certain other certainty, but a very good feeling on how to solve. So it makes your uh, decision making much better. Uh, previously, before the exercise, you are your brain. Now, this is what I feel it's cluttered with so many options, uh, thinking, overthinking. Um, but then after the exercise, uh, actually, it will help us uh, calm, calm down. And then for some reason, our choice of decision, it's much more clearer and we can, we can be more calm about it, about the consequences. Because as you know, in the professional uh, business there, you have to make uh, decisions and decisions can be, I have plus uh, negative and positive. So, uh, and many have, implications so you cannot really choose the perfect decision right so using the exercise what i can feel that the brain is uh, thinking in a more calm way and you are sure of uh, you are your decision and that's one thing that, that i can uh, also learn is that you are more focused uh, on the on the problems that you are trying to solve so that's what I feel, uh, whether, but, uh, uh, whether that can be, let's say, thoroughly uh, from a scientific point of view, uh, I think uh, now it's being more and more um, researched by many institutions saying that the breathing exercise will have a good impact to your brain, your calmness, your decision-making. So uh, 
I think that it's also the same way in the, uh, the region that we, we are taught, like the Zikir, because it's a way to really calm you down. And then based on that, you make uh, a very good decision. The difference that a Zikir more or less is more of a repetitive from the uh, wording, but I think it can be augmented with the, uh, with the breathing exercise because it's all related. Yeah, it is is quite related. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I'm happy that you also mentioned about how breathing affects our decision making and our, our calmness in that area, because I have been searching online specifically of how breathing exercises affects our brain. And I would really like to share with you and the listeners as well. Uh, there's going to be a link on the description and about this particular breathing practice that has been scientifically proven in lab. And it's by Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's an American neuroscientist and a tenure professor in the Department of Neurobiology at the Stanford University School of Medicine. And one thing in this video that really was interesting for me is that he said it would be very huge in neuroscience and wellness if they can achieve two things that contribute to well-being. So if you are able to tell yourself and be in command that you can stay alert, but also calm, and also sleeping when you want to sleep. And I so resonate with being able to try hard to make yourself to be calm, but alert, and also sleeping when you want to sleep. Like it's a common problem in the year 2020. And um, he actually did three kinds of breathing. And it's also tested in the military because the military uh, has to make life or death situations in high pressure environments. They have to remain calm and cool. And it's really hard, but there's actually three breathing exercises that I actually would like to try with you if you have time. Do you wanna to try to do it? Okay. Okay. So this breathing exercise, scientifically proven by Dr. Andrew Huberman, has three different goals. So there, we have a state of arousal. So arousal is like an emotional feeling, right? So when you're happy, happy has a less arousal than being excited, for example. Like there's a spectrum of feeling. So I would think of arousal as excitement. Now we can direct this excitement or arousal state based on where we want it to go. So we can either have it constantly at what we are already feeling, or we can also increase our arousal or decrease our arousal. So in layman terms, let's say if I am feeling sluggish or lethargic or sad, I would like to increase my excitement or arousal. But when I'm too sad, angry, I would like to decrease my excitement or arousal. And if I'm quite calm and just want to practice, I'll just make it as is. So that's the three kinds. First increase, second decrease, three equal. So that's quite easy. So first, increasing arousal. Um, we can imagine this like a box. So it's called box breathing by the military. It's quite famous actually. But what's important is um, the understanding of the ratio. So for example, if we are sad, Let's do it together. We inhale for one, two, hold for one, two, exhale one, hold one. So we're inhaling for two seconds, 
holding okay. for seconds. Exhale one, hold one. Um, what's interesting is to figure out how long that you have to do this for. I'd say maybe five, 10 times until you feel that you are a bit more excited or until you feel the effect, but that's to increase the arousal. Now, when we want to decrease our excitement, which means, oh, I am feeling very angry, I want to be, or free and very stressed, I want to be calmer. So it's decreasing arousal. So what we do is we inhale for one, hold for two, exhale two, and hold for one. Let's do it one more time. Okay, we're gonna inhale for one, hold for one, two, exhale for one, two, and hold for one. So that is okay. decreasing arousal. And the most, yeah, the most easiest one is actually what I have taught in a lot of my yoga classes or pranayama classes or just to people when you're in the state of wanting to stay calm. It's literally a box breathing. So we're, now we're gonna inhale for one, two. We're gonna hold for one, two. Exhale for one, two and hold for one, two. So as we are doing this inhale, hold, exhale, hold, you're imagining that you're making a square with your fingers. And the ratio for that is two seconds for each. Yeah, and it's I think it's quite simple to remember. I'll definitely put the link of the video on the description and also the pictures of this later on. But I think it's very empowering to know that you have control over your stress and your emotion very interesting yeah and actually i want to share one more <laughs> because uh yesterday i went on a tangent of researching dr andrew huberman i think he's really good at the neuroscience of breathing he has a lot of videos on youtube about that and a joe rogan podcast so this one is when you want to be hyper creative so that's interesting mm. So it's, it's when you want to be alert, but yet you are present, but you can also imagine. So there's this problem that when we are being in the present moment, sometimes we forget our past, our future, but also when we are trying to plan the future or remember and learn from our past, we are not present. So what he wants to do is try to get best of both worlds basically mm. we can be present but also imagine and use our imaginary prefrontal cortex so this is um, how he coined it it's called a space-time region so what you want to do for one second is sensing your brain or your internal vision so how he says it it's imagining the space between your eyebrows and just having your awareness behind that space in your eyebrows. Okay, and then the next second is, actually maybe you have to open your eyes for this. Um, you have to bring a focus to something close to your face. So let's say your fingers close to you, you look at it. And then the third second is seeing the whole picture at once. So it's like being aware of how your body is feeling and the temperature, what you're feeling. So it's a lot of mindfulness practice more than um, 
breathing at this point, but what's really interesting is that this is a meditation that he actually teaches and is scientifically proven because at this point, you can be present by noticing and being aware of your brain and being focused, but you're also alert for the things that are going on around you, which is like the quote unquote inspiration. So the reason why I share this is I think it's really interesting to see that there is a lot of convergence between neuroscience and scientific research, like you said, with Wim Hof too, and also meditation, also wellness practices and like breathing, because then it's um, credible, should be beneficial and being able to replicate it to other people. Yeah, so that's a little sharing from, from my side. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah. I'll try to look at it. Yeah, I'll also put the, the link in the description. Okay, so coming back and wrapping up, I'm very appreciative of your time and you sharing. Oh, wait. Pleasure. Yes, thank you. And you sharing your experience and also what has worked for you. Um, I would like to ask if you have any practical tips that we can share for people who have not started any breathing practices yet. Where should one start? Okay, uh, I, I think what's important is, first of all, you, you really want to uh, learn about breathing. And the number one thing uh, that we need to do is uh, self-discipline, right? Uh, sometimes when we start it, uh, early part, we're quite excited, uh, but then two, three weeks, uh, um, things got uh, slower, uh, and then we do not exp uh, gain, let's say, real uh, value yet. But uh, that self-discipline needs to be there for at least the first two or three months, because once you've uh, went through that, that phase, then you start to have the benefits. And where you start is actually now it's very easy. Uh, if you are uh, in the, you can search on the internet, there are several breathing methods. Uh, it could be Wim Hof, it could be yoga related, so many. And at the end of the day, I think these uh, breathing practices will have almost the same pattern, almost the same value and the uh, effects to your brains, almost the same. So again, to to uh, to start learn materials is uh, everywhere. Um, but then again, if you want to have a very really uh, 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 structured way of doing it, please uh, you can enroll yourself uh, in a class, uh, which might probably have some you have to pay. But paying for something uh, actually brings up your discipline. Because you've been paying for something, I really want your return, and then that's a. I think that's a good way to to start. Really, if you are really committed, uh, if you do, if you like the self discipline, I think it's, it's quite good if you on, enroll yourself on an online class. And uh, there are so many ways to start. Uh, I think the best is uh, do search uh, what's there for you, what's you're comfortable, and then go on the YouTube, uh, find out which method for you, try to do it by yourself. And then if you are really interested in it, commit on a, enroll in class. And then once you, because 
these are stages. Once you go through certain stages, you really want to be the master of that kind of, of breathing. Then you might meet the, the guru himself and becomes uh, uh, something which is very, very uh, a lifelong um, uh, goal for you. So there are stages, but uh, I think it's better to put it in small steps and then do simple things first, self-discipline, and after that, see where it's going to take you. It's from my point of view, experience. That's a really good suggestion. I think that also applies for other things in life that you want to try and increase and be more beneficial for you. I, I was going to ask you how to have self-discipline because I right now also need a bit of that. But you, you point out a good point about having commitment and external commitment and just showing up because you have already spent some resources. Actually, there are quite some papers and experiments on that in behavioral economics and psychology, and uh, that has proven yeah. to work <laughs> from time to time. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, as the last question, I want to ask if there are any useful resources that you may have read or other than Wim Hof that you can share to our listeners today? Uh, I think you can, of course, uh, I think you also will link, include some link in the, in the podcast. I think what uh, you're planning to do is quite good. Uh, those resources are quite good. Um, but also, uh, if you are uh, in Indonesia, uh, of course, you can search the several of the breathing uh, techniques that uh, we have here in Indonesia, uh, namely the Satri Musantara. There's also Merpati Puti, which is uh, also related to the Indonesian uh, self-defense martial arts. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is also uh, quite an incredible, incredible use of, of uh, we call it the inner power uh, that's generated actually through breathing exercises. Uh, but again, uh, I think what's most important, find what's right for you uh, and make sure you have really uh, uh, an expert to guide you once you're in the intermediate to advanced phase. But on the, on the beginner phase, uh, I think with a lot of self-discipline, then you will get a lot of benefits from, from whatever breathing techniques that you want to take. Thank you so much. This is such a, a lovely session and uh, I really appreciate everything that you have shared with us, I genuinely think it's beneficial and useful. And it's something that's simple and something that could help people along the way and me included as a lifelong lesson. I think breathing is our life source and managing and being mindful and using it as a, a good power. I think it's such a great lesson to learn. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. Thank you, my lovely daughter. Bye. <laughs> sweet. Okay. Thank you so much, um, Papa. And for everyone who is listening, thank you so much for your time. I hope that this episode has inspired you to improve your well-being or maintain your well-being. And if it's useful for you, don't forget to share it with your loved ones and to follow and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Namaste. Bye.